So I've actually, uh, I've been gone for a while, so guests that are here with us for the first time, you don't know this, but this is kind of special for me to come back. I've been gone for a couple weeks, and it's so nice to come back, and I just want to commend everybody that, that was so, did so well. My wife is always just so incredibly wonderful, but so everybody, <laughs> she, she, she is always uh, full of the Holy Ghost and, and anointed, and uh, but you know what? We all are. And I want to declare something over us today that, that we are a church that's growing in what we've been given in Christ. You know, it's, it's um, uh, so let me just share a little bit. I got to go to Colorado. My, my folks live at 9,500 feet elevation, uh, just coming out of South Park in uh, Colorado. And it's beautiful. And um, so it's a wonderful place to just go to. And dad built this house for mom, and, and it has like a big picture window that looks out over the park, and mom can sit there and play the piano or just whatever, you know. It's just wonderful just to go to that house, you know. It's a good place to go to. And uh, so I got to be there all this week, and my siblings were there. It's kind of a rare thing. I have a sister that lives in Australia. And so um, we don't get to get together all that often. Uh, but she was there and Trina. Actually, what was really cool is I got to fly on Mark's plane, Mark and Trina's plane. <laughs> And we went from we we went from Austin to Grand Junction in an hour and forty five minutes, and that would be like twenty some hours if you were driving it. It's like, and somebody picks you up, drives out on the tarmac and picks you up. I mean, it was a, it was a blessing. And then I got to come back yesterday, same thing. It's like, oh, this is just so wonderful. But um, so so I got to be up there with all of them, and uh, man, I got inspired. Um, to not just experience the wonder of being there in the house, but it's something I noticed when we, we, we actually flew out of Buena Vista, which is right next to the Continental Divide, and it's got a whole, you know, I mean, there's all these 14ers just in a row right there, and it's so beautiful just to, I, I took a video of it, I, I did, you know, <laughs> I'm from Colorado, but I saw something that I hadn't seen before, even flying, you know, commercial, you're usually like 35 thousand feet above that by the time you get there but we were flying right next to him it was it was, it was wonderful and um so so my brother is him and his wife are are they have a goal to to climb all of these 14ers in Colorado which there's a whole bunch of them I forget how many there are but there's a whole bunch of them and um you know you can go and you can ride in a plane and you can look at the mountains or you can go up and you can Visit your parents and sit in the house, look out the window. But then there's something else about those mountains, about all those things that are around you. You can actually go and experience them. And it's not always the most enjoyable. Well, it's enjoyable, but it's hard. <laughs> so my folks, they, they live, and, and, and there's, there's these roads that go up on top of this ridge where everything looks even so much better from up there. But you're going to have to walk. There's an experience of, of a destination that's more than the destination. It's the experience of it. That you have to go walk. You're going to have to walk something out. We've been given new life in Christ. Amen? But you know what? New life in Christ is not a destination. It's a life. It's not something in your past. It's something you're walking out now. Amen? 
And so I, I love this, and I, and I want to just declare this, and partly why we're going here is this is part of the vision of this church. I mean, it is. I mean, first of all, it's to know God, the heart of God. But the heart of God, there, there's a lot involved in that. And for us as a church body, I see us growing in the knowledge of God. Amen. It's going to affect, so, so we're having kind of a wild time here this morning. <laughs> but aren't you glad that our relationship with God isn't just about an experience that we have when we do come together? Now, it's very important for us to come together because this kind of stuff doesn't happen at home normally for me. Anybody else? I mean, it's like, you know, I think we can get better at that too. But, but, but Jesus said where two or three are gathered, there he is in their midst, right? And what's the purpose of that though? You know, it's not just about us coming together to experience God. And I, I have this morning, and I don't know about you, but there's something, there's something spiritual about our God that we encounter when his praises go up. Amen? He says, I occupy my praises. Amen? But it's, it's not just a destination, his presence. It's something that should affect our whole life. Amen? So Jesus rose from the grave. And why did he rise from the grave? So we can. So we don't have to live in this world like everybody else lives in this world. No, we've been born again to a new life. And it's not going to have anything to do with our old life. And this is the biggest challenge for us. Because we still live in this body. We still have needs. Amen? And we've gotten so used to in our life dealing with things out of our heads. Right? But we've been born again to a new life in Christ that has nothing to do with our flesh anymore. Amen? It's just the spirit. So this is a challenge because we're not used to being walking in the spirit. Right? And yet that's what we've been brought into. So God is so amazing, so wonderful with this. And, and, and the more you understand this is that we're not done on this earth. <laughs> This, this experience of the reality of this new life that we have in Christ goes on beyond our life here. But God, will, God is continually guiding us into it right now. And, and I just want to speak this over this body, that we are growing in, the, in, in walking in what we have. Amen? And you know what? He, he, praying for the sick, raising the dead. It's, it's not exclusive to somebody that's standing up in front of you with a coat on, you know? <laughs> or some big shot guy that, that, you know, everybody goes to. No. Where it happened in the New Testament was on the street. Where, where people were walking. <laughs> so... I want to talk today because we have a couple phrases that, re, that relate to who we are as a body here at New Life Church. There's a reason why we're called New Life. is because we've been raised to new life, to walk in new, newness of life. When we think about walking, so I went to look up, went to look up uh, you know, the definition of walk. Man, there's a gazillion different uses of the word walk. Can I just say some of them real quick? Because we're going to talk about walking, but sometimes we have to say, okay, what, what are we actually talking about? Because, man, I don't know about you, but all of us have a perspective that we get when we're hearing even scriptures. 
It's based upon our understanding of something, isn't it? So I'm not going to get the Greek out or anything like that, but <laughs> just, these are some that we're used to, right? You walk the dog, right? Whether he wants to or not, you drag him. Right? <laughs> you can walk together with somebody, right? You can walk a boundary, right? You can spacewalk. You can walk out. That's like when you're, you've hit, you're done with it, you know, you walk out, all right? You, you can walk behind. You can walk the streets. You can walk away from. You can walk off and, and, and leave somebody, right? You can walk off and steal something. That's, that's walking off too, right? You can walk on or abuse. That's where you step on somebody, right? You can walk over or treat poorly. You can walk the plank, <laughs> right? You can walk it out. That's where you got a plan you walk it out, right? But what we're going to look at today, and I'm going to read the scripture, and this walk is a walk that is your way of life. It's not just a little stroll that you take in your life. It's, it's, the, it's the overall view of what, where all your steps are taking you. And this kind of walk isn't just something that, that is a supplement to your life. It defines your life. It's your walk. All right? So let's look at Romans 6 here. And if you've been following, anybody follow along on our reading? I encourage you. We do have a church app. It's New Life Church LH. So, and we've been getting a whole bunch of new people downloading this thing and using it. So um, we have our, our sermons on there, but there's a Bible reading thing right down on the front page of there. You can click on that. And I comment on it every, it's, it's only the days of the week that we post these. Um, you're free to comment. You can do whatever. I love to do it just a matter of, of discipline. I'm going to get something out of it every day. Amen. And we're in Romans right now, and it's a lot of fun. It can be challenging to understand what's going on there. But Paul had a revelation of what happened in Christ that the disciples did not have. You know, I was talking about with Mark. And Patsy and Trina just yesterday, that that actually Paul's, I think it was the Thessalonians, the the letter to the Thessalonians was actually the first document written, and it was the uh, the disciples were actually encouraged by Paul's writings to write the Gospels, and uh, they they weren't even written into, so they didn't really have an understanding like Paul. Paul had a a recognition of what actually happened in Christ for us. That because Christ died, we died with him. And we were raised up again with him. And that we're no longer bound to, to slavery, to sin. It's not who we are anymore. Amen? So this is actually the scripture that we use for, we're walking together in newness of life. Amen? I'm so thankful we don't have to do it alone. He's called us, he's made us part of a body where we're equipped to do it together, amen? So Romans 6, 4 says, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. So there's a word in there, baptism. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's a natural baptism that we do that we, we submerge in water. But the reason for that is, it's not just a, a religious act. It's actually a declaration of an inside commitment. 
that I am dead. My old life is gone, and now I have a brand new life in Christ. Amen? So what he's saying, when we, when we make a commitment to God, it's, we will do like a water baptism, but there's a different baptism going on. And that's where our old man is dying. And we're being raised up together with Christ, right? It says, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in newness of life. So I like this. You know, we like to celebrate Easter, don't we? And a lot of times we're celebrating what happened in Christ, that he rose from the grave. And we celebrate that. But what makes it wonderful is that we were raised with him. Amen? And if we were raised with him, something else died. <laughs> if we were raised with him, something had to die for us to be raised together with him. All right? But it's not enough for us to just, you know, we were, Paul actually says we were raised in, in, and Jesus was raised up to heavenly places. And we were raised up there with him when that happened. That's kind of an amazing thought. But you know what? It, it would be just like me going up and just experiencing my father, my parents' house. That's a wonderful thing. But there's something else to experience. We're not just seated up there so we can sit back and look down and say, boy, it sure, must, it was sure rough being down there, but now I'm not anymore, you know. No. The whole purpose of being raised with him is to walk. And man, this is not a small thing. It's not something we have in our hip pocket that we already know. No, we're, we're living in this world right now, but we do not have to be subject to it. But a transformation has to be taking place in us continually for it to be reality in our life. Amen? And that's why I declare that over this church. Every time we speak the word of God, it's bearing fruit in our lives. And we're growing in this knowledge. Amen? So, actually, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase in here that's really wonderful. It says, so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead. You know, we've been singing about that this morning, the glory of God, haven't we? Amen? We've been, we've been singing about this. That, that song we sang at the beginning about being, re he's, we're resurrected, you know. And, and the significance of us coming together gets, affects our participation in the walk he's provided for us. In the same way, it says, so... Now, I think, so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. And in, in, in one translation, it says, so that as he, the glory of God raised him, he raises us in the same way. So when, if there's significance in our worship here today because his glory is raising us and taking us out of this natural realm into one where we can actually walk it. Not just know about it, not just say, well, that's a good idea. Because walking in the spirit is nothing like walking in this world. And it requires transformation of our mind. Amen? So, but here's the wonderful thing. And what happened here this morning that you have to take by faith is we've experienced the glory of God here. 
You know, you think people are just laughing, but that's actually the glory of God is here. And it's affecting people's hearts because one of the best evidences of the presence of God is joy. Right? So when you have that joy, what you're, you don't realize you're encountering is the glory of God. But it's not just so you can have fun and laugh and, and giggle and stuff like that. It's so you can walk. Amen? Because what it does, when you're laughing in the face of, of torment, when you're laughing in the face, you know, we, we did this when we were praying for Jeff this morning. You know, we, we started laughing, you know. Why? Because Satan comes at us in a natural realm. And the spirit rises up inside of you a standard that says, no, I'm already victorious over that. Amen? <laughs> and so what's happening in that is, why, why, why do we, <laughs> God's wonderful, so he, he's going to heal us just because he's good, but there's a purpose in our healing, because Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy, not just us, but he wants to keep us from walking. He wants to keep us from walking in newness of life because that walk is not just for us, it's for somebody else. Amen? And as long as you're being kept back by sickness, by lack, by worry, it's really hard to walk in newness of life like this. You know? <laughs> Nothing personal if, you, if you're walking like that. You know? No, but you don't have to. Amen? We've been given newness of life. All right, I'm going to keep us from laughing too much because I do need, we need, to get, we need to get this. This is good, isn't it? So you can go ahead and laugh. I'm just going to shout louder than you're laughing, all right? Okay, because I told God when I was getting ready for this, God, I need your power more than anything else. Amen? We need the power of God, but we do, it, it has to be based upon this word that we're receiving right now. Amen? Because just laughing is not enough. It has to be based upon the word of God, upon a rock. Or the next day when you're not laughing, you don't, won't get it back. If you have the word, you have a reason to laugh. Amen? You're not just being affected by what's around you. Amen? All right. <laughs> Let's go to Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Who's he talking about? This natural man. This natural man. We're so used to being affected by what's going on in our job, what's going on in our family, and it affects us emotionally, doesn't it? Right? But Jesus came to, to deliver us, to put to death the power of our flesh to determine what state of mind we're in. All right. I've been crucified with Christ. I've already been praying a lot, so I'm already in this place. You're not getting me out of it right now. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh all you want. It is no longer I, I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here's what happened when we were when we when when we were dead with Christ. We were made to be dead to the effect of things we can see, and we were made alive to things that we can't see. Amen. Because that's faith. It doesn't take any faith to believe in something I can see. It, 
And our God is not moved by anything other than faith. So we don't need to point out to God something we can see and say, God, please do something about that. Right? No, we go to God and find something that we don't see. We begin to declare that by faith. Amen? <laughs> All right. So now, I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Even though we're still in this flesh, even though we're still in this body, we do not have to live by its dictates. Amen? <laughs> All right. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? So I, I, I went out in the mornings. I went out like at, at, at 5.30 in the morning, and there's a, there's a road that goes up the, the, the mountain, you know. And man, if you just go by what you see, you're not going to make it. But I believe I can do this. So... You know, every mountain that's in our life, it's not just going to be a breeze. There's going to have to be something that we rise up against it, amen? But, but the greatest thing about a mountain is when you overcome it, amen? And you don't, you don't just allow what you see in that to keep you from, no, I'm going to overcome this thing, amen? Now, I don't understand it completely. I'm not going to uh, climb Everest or something like that, you know? But there's something about challenging a mountain. And Jesus said, you can actually speak to that mountain. Instead of just letting that mountain be there in your life, you don't live according to what you see. You live by faith. Amen? <laughs> so, so, Here's the wonderful thing about it. This isn't something that we just say, well, that was a good idea today. I think I'm going to go try it now. You cannot do it on your own because what we've been given is not, not something that we can acquire with our own minds or our own flesh. It doesn't relate to our natural. It relates to the Spirit of God and the presence of God that, that shines His light into our life. Let's look at, let's look at John 8, 8, 12 here real quick. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Now, what is darkness? That's the impression of anything in this world that our flesh could be overcome by, right? <laughs> because Jesus came to be a light. Well, what is, what is he lighting up? What is Jesus lighting up? He's lighting up things that are dark. He's lighting up things that are impossible. And he's saying, no, that's not impossible. It's possible in me. But where his light is not shining, you cannot live in its promise. You cannot live and walk when there is darkness. As long as you're in darkness, you can think that faith stuff's a good idea. I'm going to quote all these scriptures. But if you're not in his light. That's why this relationship with Jesus has to be something that is not just religious. Man, it's personal. And if you can live in his light, now your walk 
is not going to be in darkness. So what you do, you don't try to not walk in darkness. And that's what the law did. It said you try to not walk in darkness. Just try to walk in dark, not in darkness so that somehow you can attain to the presence of God. No, you can't do it. You don't try to not walk in darkness. You just flip on the light. You know? But there has to be honor for who he is. He's a holy God. You don't walk in dark in, in his light and continue in a walk of darkness. You don't continue in a walk of sin. Now, the wonderful thing is, this is there's no condemnation in this. As long as you're walking in his light. The, the answer is not to try to fix something. Not to, we don't need things to be exposed. We don't need to go psychoanalyze and find out what, where you got your problem from and, and where you're gonna, how you're going to resolve it by some manipulation of this or that. He says, just walk in my light. If you're going to follow me, you're going to be in my light. And you won't be in darkness. Amen? I think sometimes it's a lot simpler than we try to make it. You know, uh, we had some friends come up and meet us up there, and they were driving this new Lexus. And when you look in there, you don't see a whole lot of stuff going on. It's very simple the way it's made. In fact, it's a lot simpler than a lot of other vehicles with all these knobs and everything else. It's very, very simple. But a whole lot's going on inside of it. They said you can actually get out on the highway, and it, theirs isn't totally automatic, but I guess they have them this way. Or it'll just do everything for you. Man, it's that simple. All you have to do is just trust it. Get in there and, and go, right? <laughs> and, and, and God, you know, we want to figure everything out. We want to have to try to understand everything. He says, no, just come trust me. Just live in my light. Let me do the driving. <laughs> okay, let's go to Ephesians 5. I'll try not to laugh because that will turn somebody on. They'll get to laughing See, that's where JP had the problem. He started laughing. Okay. <laughs> so here's what happens is he said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to be in my light. What is that? That's like a presence, isn't it? Any, anywhere God is, there's a revelation of who you really are. Amen? So we've been born again to newness of life. This is who we've been made to be in Christ. And we're never going to be comfortable or, or, or gratified or satisfied until we're actually walking in this newness of life, right? <laughs> but what happens when you begin to walk in it, and this is what I said from the start, is a walk is what defines who you are. Not just what you do, but who you are. What you decide to do with your life is, is not just something that you do, it's who you are. Right? And this is our challenge in, in who we've been made to be in Christ. There's an actuality that we've been raised up to life in Christ. We do not have to live according to the flesh. Right? But until that reality becomes a walk for you that defines who you are, you can still live in darkness. Right? So Ephesians, 
Ephesians 5, 8 says, for you were once darkness. Not walking in darkness. You were darkness. Where you're walking defines who you are. Right? It says you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Isn't that good? For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So, in the Old Testament, there was a law that said what was acceptable to God. Jesus said, I came to fulfill it through another law. We sang about it over and over again, about love, right? But how do you actually fulfill that? By trying really hard? Or finding out the heart of God by being in his presence? Amen? And not just being in his presence, but when you're in his presence... And he's making an adjustment inside of you. The things, you know what, there still is sin. There still is darkness. There still is sickness. There still are those things that we are challenged by, right? But how do you get affected in a way that's going to help you? It says there's going to be fruit from actually walking in the spirit. But it's kind of like me with my dad. There's certain things I just don't do around my dad. Because I know what he thinks about him. Anybody identify with that? You know, it's amazing how they're, they're I don't do this anymore at all. <laughs> no. But some of, the, some of the movies we've watched, you know. In fact, I was over in Africa and there was this Ralph Hagemeyer. He's this, this, this German, great big guy, you know, missionary, wonderful person. But we were just watching Indiana Jones, you know. Um, you know where the, the spirits come out of the... That arc at the end, you know. All right, you're nodding your head, so you're not you're 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 with me, and you're guilty also, right? <laughs> so we had movie night when I was over there. We I was over there for a few months, and man, Ralph comes in at the end of that thing. He said, "What a horrible movie!" Saw all those spirits coming out of the thing. You know, I mean, it was kind of realistic and whatnot. You know, you know what I mean. But it's amazing how all of a sudden I was just crushed. You know, this man that I respect, I'm doing something that he doesn't really approve of, you know? And there's so many things in our life that we need deliverance from that all we really need to be is in the presence of the one who has an opinion about that. And we're honoring him more than we're honoring our opinion of what we're going through. The opinion of our flesh that says, I have to have this. Oh, I'm just enjoying this. It's, I, I'm not. No, you are. You open your heart up to, to darkness, and you will be dark. What you're doing is you're not just opening your heart up to it and saying, that's not me. I'm just enjoying it. No, it's your walk. It becomes your walk. And if you're walking in darkness, you're not walking in light. Because to walk in his light, there will be things that you won't do anymore. Not because it's legalistic, but because you care for his presence. And you worship him. And this says that there's fruit in that that's good. There's a reason why the, the darkness has ramifications that God hates. He doesn't hate the person that's walking in them. He hates what that darkness is doing to them. Right? And so he says, I have the answer, but you have to honor me. Right? All right, let's go down just a little bit more. Because this light thing is very important. 
If we're going to, if we're, and, and I speak this over our body, we're doing this. We're living in the presence of our God, and it's changing how we walk. Amen. How many want to be changed in your walk? Yes. I'm not satisfied. I got more gray on my head now, but, you know, and I've been loving God all my life, but, but I want to be changed. Yes. And we're far from the fullness of it. Amen. Why? Because our minds have to continually be, it's always new. <laughs> Isn't this cool? This newness of life, it's not old now because I got saved when I was a little kid. No, here's the wonderful thing about the newness of life. And it's interesting because it says old things are passed away. That's because that's how sin is. It gets old real fast. But God does not. This life we have in him doesn't get old. It's always new. It's always fresh. Amen? But here's what happens when you are living in the light Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent. And this, this, man, this is speaking to where we're at. How many sense darkness around us? I mean, it's like, wow. I've never, I, I, I couldn't imagine this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just ludicrous. And, and it's kind of like, <laughs> and we're in Romans where he said, God just gives them up over into a reprobate mind. That's because they, they can't even see how terrible it is. Their darkness is so dark. They're just, you know. But I don't want to just point fingers. I want to say, God, show me. I want to be, I want to be broken in your presence. I want to be changed by who you are, by, by how holy you are. Amen? <laughs> because it's very easy to slip, even getting critical, even becoming judgmental. What you're doing is you're slipping into a something. Jesus loves them. He's, he didn't come to condemn anybody. And we start getting on a condemnation side. We're getting over into a darkness side. And his light cannot produce fruit in us if we participate in that. Amen? So he says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Isn't that interesting? Because, you know, Satan, he's a roaring lion going around seeking whom he may devour. And he's just a toothless lion. We've heard all that kind of stuff, right? But there actually is a threat against us. It's a darkness threat. And how do you, how do you guard against, how do you have armor? They make those, what are they called? Kevlar's, those, those vests, you know. How, how do you protect yourself? You protect it with an armor of light. You don't go out of the house without your armor on. You First thing you do in the morning is decide you're in the presence of God. You start laughing <laughs> before you open your eyes. I'm, you know something I recognize because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I pray in, in other tongues. It's a powerful thing for me. But, and I've been around Mark, my brother-in-law, for, and Trina for, I mean, I traveled with him in 1983, a long time ago. I traveled with them. And, and you know what? I saw something new just this last time they were here with us, that this is actually a gift from God, is to activate joy on purpose. And you can do it just like you pray in other tongues. You can, you can, and what you're doing is you're welcoming a light that says this thing is not, darkness is not bigger than my life. Right? And you're saying, no, this is, who is in, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, right? But you have to, you have to 
make the, the very presence of God an armor against darkness. And you are defenseless without it. Right? Let us walk properly. As in the day, not in revelry and, revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. What's wrong with those things? You know what? God loves everybody that's involved in that kind of stuff. It's not up to us to feel bad towards anybody. They are lost in darkness. Jesus came for them. Just, if he came for us, he came for them. Amen. And the only thing separating us is what, where we choose to walk. Did you know that even if you've chosen Christ as your Savior, you can still choose to walk in darkness? But that's not who we are. It's like Pastor Kim said, that's not who I am. Because the enemy's going to come and try to tell you, yeah, you are. Your salvation isn't real. Your relationship with God isn't real. If, if my re relationship with God was so real, why would I be going through this? That's your little old noodle coming up in, in, your, in your flesh trying to dictate. But your spirit inside is saying, please don't say that. Please don't say that. Right? Please laugh again. I like it when you laugh. Yeah, but the silly, oh, well, yeah, you're right. Please don't laugh like that. Uh, whatever you're doing. Okay, I got, I got to keep moving. All right. So here, here's, here's this necessity for this, and it's something that you can't just discount and say, that's optional, I'm okay already. One of the biggest challenges for, for us is, is the assumption that we're okay. And you're saying, that's just for you. No. Galatians 5.22. And, and we've heard this. And, there, and there's fruit involved. But you know what? The, the fruit of the Spirit is only experienced in a walk in the Spirit. It's, just, it's not a concept that you, you start working on the fruit. You know, you can't make fruit come out on branches. You just have to nourish it. Fruit is born... Where it's given water, where it's given nourishment, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such, there is no darkness. There's, no, there's nothing that can come against you. Here, here's something I saw, I think it was in, in, in chapter 7 there. The condemnation that a lot of times we're feeling... We try to put it off on somebody else putting it on us. The condemnation that destroys us is the condemnation within. That's when we know we're violating our relationship with God. And that's, there doesn't have to be any of that kind of condemnation if you're walking in the light. And there's not just a freedom from condemnation. There's a nourishing of fruit of the spirit. Can you see this? <laughs> There's a nourishing of fruit. Any kind of darkness is like the opposite of all these things. Hate. Sadness. But where you're walking in the spirit. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
How do you crucify the flesh? Jesus was, he's, he, he, he was already crucified. That's where you get in him and you say, no, I'm dead to that. It's really hard to get a dead man to smoke. It's really hard to get a dead man to hate. It's really hard to get a, a dead man to commit fornication. Right? So how do you crucify these? You mortify these things. When they come up as an option for you, you say, no, you have to decide. I say, no, grace is going to do that for me. No, you have to decide. You have to decide whether you're walking in darkness or light. Amen? And your life will prove out in its fruit where you've chosen to walk. Amen? He, he says, and this is New Testament, and this is Paul, right? Those who are Christ's, are you Christ's? Your inner voice is talking to you, confirming whether you're Christ or not, based upon what you've chosen to do. Every time you, cho you, you violate that, your little inner voice is saying, I don't really know if you really are or not. I, I know I got a deeper voice than that. but <laughs> And those who are Christ, let's say this right now. I am Christ. I crucify those things. Amen. This is critical for walking in newness of life. You can't walk in newness of life and participate in the dead man's actions. <laughs> they have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. The wonderful thing about this, it's not a choice to not, to not live in the flesh. It's just a choice to live in the spirit. Amen. That's why he's given us his Holy Spirit to comfort us and help us in this. Amen. Galatians 5.16. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fill the lust of, fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's not inverse. Stop fulfilling the lust of the flesh, you terrible people. So that you can walk in the Spirit. No, you walk in the Spirit. This is how the wonderful thing about the grace of God. He enables you to walk in the Spirit even when you don't deserve it. Even when you, you know, I, I, heard, I heard Mark talking about I'm referring to Mark too much now. Give him all the credits. <laughs> He told this person that, and smoking won't send you to hell, but it's just something that it's, it's, a, it's a vice that, you know, it's, it, 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 this person was wanting to be free from that. And so instead of trying to stop, he said, every time you smoke, say, I'm dead to this. Start saying it by faith, seeing yourself free from that thing. Again, again you know, smoking itself is not a bad thing. My, my, uh, well, it will kill you. It killed my grandfather. Uh, cancer of the esophagus. So, it, you know, it's bad. And anything in our life that, that is destructive, God, God's not for it, and he has a way out. He has a way out. But right in the middle of it, instead of saying, bad me, I just smoked. Getting into condemnation never fixes anything. Only walking in light fixes. And this is what the wonderful thing about grace is not that just what it did for you in the past, what it's doing for you right now is saying that even though you don't look to yourself like you're very good, I've already made you good. Now all you have to do is walk in it. 
And when that becomes bigger to you than whatever your flesh is crying out for, you will crucify that thing because you say, no, my life is hid with God in Christ now. Amen? I only walk according to what he tells me to do. Amen? So, and then we get to Romans 8. Let me just read this real quick. There is therefore now no condemnation to who? You know, you can't just sit back and say, don't you be condemning me. Don't you be telling me what to do. That's legalistic. You know, legalistic isn't even in the Bible. Oh, I know, the law is, but, but there is no condemnation to who? Paul in, in, in chapter 7 is saying, we live in this body that still will, if, if we listen to it, we will sin. But we don't just live in this body anymore. We have a spirit that's been united with Christ in resurrection. So now we get to walk, but we have to walk. Amen? If we're going to not have condemnation, it's not just coming from outside. It's not somebody, oh, don't you. No. The person that's saying, don't you condemn me? Their little voice inside, mine would be, oh, you're a bad person. I think it's much more fun when it's a little voice. But, but Paul said, <laughs> yeah. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Amen? Who know they're in Christ. Who know that they are a new creation. They're no longer just a, a person in a body. Amen? Because they know that. They know that because their walk is identifying who they are. Amen? You can't walk in darkness and say, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ. <laughs> to walk in Christ is to be in Christ. Amen? You can't walk in darkness and pretend like you're in Christ. Just say, well, I've already been in Christ, so it doesn't matter. No, it matters. Because your, your identity, your identity is defined not by just what you say you believe, but by what you walk in your belief. Amen? For the law of the spirit of, uh, uh, of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You say, it's like, what, what was that comedian said? The devil made me do it. You get a new life in Christ. You know who you are in Christ. The devil can't make you do it anymore. It was your choice now. Amen? And... and, and there will be consequences. There will be fruit of that because there, sin has consequences. Now, before God, you're still forgiven. But what are you experiencing in your life is dependent upon how you choose to walk. And every choice we make is either worship or it's defiance and rebellion. God resists the proud. Rebellion is, a, is, is the sin of witchcraft. You can't be rebelling against the will of God and be on his side at the same time, you know? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness, righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not. So the righteous requirement, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You know how I can say that with confidence? 
when I just had a choice to walk in darkness. And I said, you know what? By faith, I see myself in Christ. By faith, I see myself delivered from whatever that thing is. Amen? And by faith right now, because every time you choose a step of righteousness, it confirms an identity of in Christness. Amen? All right. So I walk in light. You know, we're, we're, we're told to love. How many know you're supposed to love? You've read First John and all that stuff. Yeah. How do you actually walk in love, though? Have you ever heard, had somebody saying, boy, you should, if you just knew what they did to me. If you just, if you just knew how terrible it was. Let me tell you about it. It's really bad. But I'm walking in love. Have you ever experienced that or, you know? <laughs> See, I'm getting some help here today. So a walk, in, a walk in the Spirit is going to be a walk in love. And what does love do? It, it disables offense against anybody for anything. I know that sounds kind of rough, but it doesn't matter what anybody did to you. A walk in love does not recognize that. I can't say that again. I, that was by the Spirit. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. You got me old. <laughs> Just get the tape. Just go back and listen. <laughs> so here, here's what happens. Is, is, you know, I was talking about my dad. And what happens when you are around somebody that you respect and you honor, not only do you avoid things that they don't like, you actually begin to imitate them. So walking in the spirit becomes not so much about what you're not doing, is what you are doing on purpose. And the greatest evidence of walking in the Spirit is walking in love. Amen? And so, but, but you don't, how, how do we walk in love? We don't walk in love because it's, we've heard a lot of good poems about it and some, some good Beatles songs and, you know, <laughs> we don't meditate on Beatles songs. <laughs> how do we love? We get in the presence of a God that shouldn't have anything to do with us because we're nasty. <laughs> All our righteousness is as filthy rags. Amen? Well, you can go point your finger at somebody that, you know, is trying to mess with their identity and everything else. But apart from the blood of Jesus, we do not deserve Anything that we're getting from God is because of his, his proactive love towards us. What he does to us in spite of who we are. Amen? So you, there will be no walking in the light. There will be no walking in the spirit. There will be no fruit of the spirit until there is a walk in love that is the greatest representation of a walk in the spirit. Amen? And so what that will look like is what God looks like to us. Amen? How do you find out how to love? You go before a God who has no reason to love you, and you find out how he's treating you 
And you say, if he can treat me like that, who am I to treat anybody else any different? I'm not going to say that again, but you have to get the text. <laughs> Man, we're having too much fun. Let's do this every time, okay? <laughs> this is good. You know what? Just a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. <laughs> All right, go ahead and laugh. That's it. <laughs> and walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us in offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. You know, when it's talking about how a woman is supposed to submit to a man, and a lot of times you'll say, wow, that's, that's a big deal. But you know what it says to the man? That he's supposed to love his wife as Christ loved the church. That means he's supposed to lay down himself as a sacrifice. And that's not just, uh, you know, going to work really hard. It's when you have an opportunity to get offended or to feel bad or something else, right? <laughs> no amens out of my wife at this moment. Okay. <laughs> Boy, God answered my prayer this morning. All right, let's stand up. Are you good? How many want to walk in the Spirit? I declare that we are. Amen? You know, in spite of how, what, what, what you're going through, any failure that you've had in your life right now, the Spirit of God is here to not lead us into condemnation, but to lead us into light. And there's hope in this. Amen? What we've been doing here this morning is, is, is where God wants us to be all the time. He wants us to live and have our being in this way, amen? So, let's speak some things over ourselves today. It's very important what you're declaring over yourself because either you're affirming what God says about you and walking in the light of that truth or you're listening to that little voice inside. Okay, Larry, you want to help me out? The little voice inside this and saying, you're not who God says you are because we have that voice shouting at us all the time. Amen? <laughs> All right. I'm even going to laugh here. Okay. But let's declare these things because there's power in our declaration. There's creative power in our declaration. There's faith in our declaration. And there's an ability to walk. You know, when I was climbing up that hill, every step I'm saying, I can do this. You're either saying, as soon as you go to dark on you and you say, I can't, then you stop. Right? As soon as you go dark with, with something other than what God says, you cannot move forward in the walk he's provided for you, in that new life. Amen? So let's make, let's make these declarations as we do. Oh, let's envision ourselves. This is who we are. This is the new life we've been given. All right. All right. It's, it's later than it should be, but it's all y'all's fault. You kept interrupting. All right, let's say this together. In receiving Christ as my Savior, I have been immersed together with him in death to sin and risen together to life in God's glory. That has to be something that's infused in who we are, in our identity. Amen? Sounds kind of simple, but it's necessary. Let's say it again. In receiving Christ as my Savior, I have been immersed together with him in death 
to sin and risen together to life in God's glory. Let's do this next one. Now my whole way of life is no longer dictated by what I can see in this, in this life, but what I believe according to the truth of God's word. It has to be done by faith, doesn't it? Amen? So you're no longer looking at the outward. Man, I challenge us in this. We have two options, either the law of the flesh or the law of the spirit. The law of the spirit will always be based upon what God said. Amen? Let's say this again. Now my whole way of life is no longer dictated by what I can see in this life, but what I believe according to the truth of God's word. All right, let's do this next one. As I walk in the light of Jesus' presence, I am armored against the threats of condemnation in the flesh. Oh, one more time. As I walk in the light of Jesus' presence, I am armored against the threats of condemnation in the flesh. And one more. As a child of light, I walk in the love I found there, imitating my Father of lights. Oh, let's say this one more time. As a child of light, I walk in the love I found there, imitating my Father of lights. Let's just lift our hands in His presence right now. He's